Hey guys, just wanted to pop in here real quick before we jump into today's episode and remind you that our family leadership program is now open and you can sign up on our wait list for the next cohort. If you're serious about leading your family and you just don't really know where to begin, this is the most practical way that we can come alongside of you and help you. But the thing is, we only have 30 spots per month and we do that on purpose so that I can give my full attention to the guys that are in there uh, and you don't get lost in the crowd. So if you're serious about coming alongside of other guys and pouring into yourself and seeing other guys come alongside of you and really pour into you to help you become the husband, the father, and the disciple that you want to be, uh, this is the program for you. Again, go to dadtired.com forward slash lead, L-E-A-D, dadtired.com forward slash lead. Put your name on the wait list, and as soon as we have a spot open, we will email you and you can jump right in. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. It's good to be with you. Uh, Again, if you are serious about leading your family well, we highly recommend that you jump into our family leadership program. Spots are very limited for that. So go to dadtired.com forward slash lead and sign up for the wait list today so that we can let you in as soon as we have an open spot. We'd love to have you come be part of that. It's the most in-depth, practical program out there for helping give you the tools to lead your family well. Again, go to dadtire.com forward slash lead. Today we've got an interview, a really good interview with a guy named Joe Selecki. He's a UFC fighter. I promise you I'm not turning into a UFC fighter interview podcast, although I might not even be mad if that's what we became. <laughs> uh, I just, I happen to love the UFC, but uh, I'm always just looking for all kinds of people from every walk of life who are trying to figure out what it looks like to love Jesus and lead their family well. And I came across Joe. He's an up and coming fighter. But he's also a brand new dad and he's a husband and he's got a cool story of how he became a Christian and he shares all of that with us. At the time of the recording, he actually was not a dad quite yet, but he has since had a baby girl. And so we're congratulating Joe on uh, welcoming him into the the fatherhood journey. And so uh, this is a great interview, man. You're going to really enjoy it. Before we dive into that, though, I do want to thank my friends over at Nisolo for sponsoring today's episode. I'm always personally on the hunt for good companies that provide good gifts uh, for my wife. I'm always like, when I find a company that I thought, oh, that my wife would probably like that, I like tuck it into the back of my head, knowing that anniversaries are coming up and birthdays and Christmas and all that good stuff. So Nisolo is a great company and one that I've used to get my wife some great gifts. If you want to hook your wife up with some good gifts definitely check them out uh, they don't just have stuff for women but they have uh, they have stuff for men and women but it's really really high quality stuff what they do is they create handmade shoes and accessories for men and women predominantly made in an ethical factory that they own and operate in Peru which is super cool everything's just like quality man I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like good quality stuff I have a, a pair of boots that I got f- from them again high quality handmade boots that were made ethically. That's a big deal, man. There's some like real shady stuff happening in the clothing uh, industry. And so the fact that they like take care of the people who are making these things is really important to me, but they make high quality stuff. They believe that business can be a force for good and they aim to push the factory industry or I'm sorry, the fashion industry in a more sustainable direction, a direction that provides value for people and the planet just as much as the customers. They're taking care of the planet. They're taking care of the factory workers. They're taking care of everyone involved and they're taking care of their customers. 
customers. I really love what they're doing. They're a B Corporation and climate neutral certified brand committed to living wages and reversing climate change. Just a quality company creating really high quality products. So again, if you're looking for a gift for your wife or maybe you want to hook yourself up with a nice pair of shoes or some accessories, go to Nisolo. That's N-I-S-O-L-O.com. And you can actually get 20% off your first purchase of ethically made shoes and accessories when you use the promo code DADTIRED. Again, go to Nisolo, N-I-S-O-L-O.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. Let's dive into today's episode. Joe, for the audience who may not be familiar with you, uh, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, man. Yeah. So uh, my name is Joe Slecky and uh, I'm a 27-year-old, first and foremost, follower of Christ, uh, uh, husband and soon-to-be father. But my, you know, my career is probably the thing that draws the most eyes and attention uh, as I fight for the UFC uh, in the lightweight division. Similar to uh, Benil, who you had on, I was actually listening to his episode today, which is funny because uh, he's such a good guy and such a great representative of so many different things. And he fought a friend of mine. Mm. And it's one of those fights where you're like, oh man, like it stinks that my buddy had to lose, but what a good guy to go <laughs> represent in the sport. And you're like, outside of that fight, I'm like a big fan of his. So uh, yeah, 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 same occupation, same division, same company, and uh, you know somebody that I actually very much look up to. Mm. That's funny, man. I uh, I was telling a buddy yesterday that uh, I'm gonna like slowly and unintentionally turn into like a UFC podcast. That's not <laughs> <laughs> that's not my intention, but I just uh, one. I've always been a fan for a long time, uh, but then also just with COVID and there are very few sports going on right now. And the UFC, dude, it's like every single weekend there are fights on, and so it's kind of, and free fights, you know. So for us fans, it's fun for us to uh, to watch all that stuff. And uh, you had a great fight. This uh, just a how long ago was that now? A couple of weeks? Uh, week today's ago? Friday, so it was eight days ago. Dang, dude. Last Saturday, yeah. yeah. Time's flying. I know, I, I bet. And that was a super impressive win, man. How do you feel just coming off of that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I feel I feel great. I feel super fortunate because, uh, especially with the type of opponent that I had, is like known as making fights very ugly and uh, very long and, and very competitive. You know, if you're winning, even if you're up two to zero, you know, going into the third, then you know that he's going to come out absolutely insane in the third yeah. and you're probably going to lose the third round or have a very tough third round and get hit and get bloody and uh the fact that it went as well as it did as quick as it did i could not have felt any more fortunate and almost like i got away with one i was super pumped yeah well i'm looking at you right now and it does not look like you got in a fight you know <laughs> within the last week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you came it's away. funny because right beforehand the fight before that got pretty pretty competitive and uh the one girl left on the stretcher i think just from exhaustion yeah and i was walking back from the bathroom and i saw her and i was like okay, I'm definitely leaving like that tonight. I have to accept that right now. Like we're win or lose. We're in the hospital post fight and it did not go that way at all. So Dude, yeah. How do you prepare? Lucky. How do you prepare like mentally? That just is like a hurt one. I, I rewatched <laughs> your, I rewatched your fight this week and, uh, and you know, they put all your stats up and you know, your you know, all, all the stuff there and you, we are the exact same height and the exact same weight and we look nothing alike. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh man, this, this is real embarrassing here. But <laughs> they'll it, say, you know, 155, but on fight night, I'm at least 165, not 170, 172. Okay. So we rehydrate pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, and it's amazing how fast that weight comes off and comes back on. But um, yeah, absolutely nuts. Uh, it was just very, very fortunate it all went that way. But it's funny enough is when the nerves hit, it's always 
either like a crowd thing. I'm nervous about the crowd just because I'm not a big, you know, I'm, I'm, my wife is an extrovert. She's like, yeah, she wants to get to know you and know your whole life story right off the bat. Yeah. I am like an introvert. Like I love people. I love getting to know people's backstory and getting to know, know them well, but I can't stand small talk. I can't stand like large crowds of people. It makes me very uncomfortable a lot of times. Yeah. So it's A, that, and then B, just worried about underperforming. Like, I never worry about getting hurt, which is completely backwards. I feel like I should definitely be worried about getting hurt <laughs> and not what people think, but here we are. How long have you been fighting? How long has this been part of your so, life? Mixed martial arts, I've only been fighting since 2015, but wow. martial arts as a whole in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since I was six years old. That was like my T-ball. Like I got oh, into it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's almost, you know, it's funny because people will, you know, depending on who you talk to, people will call it luck and fate and all these things. And I always just say, like, I can very clearly see, like, God's hand at work in mm. my life, you know, because um, all these accidents, you can put in quotes, don't happen. It doesn't happen that way, where if you don't meet this person, then your whole life, you know, right. doesn't unfold a certain way. And uh, I was just trying to be a Power Ranger. I was four years old watching the Power <laughs> Rangers. And uh, my brother, I always tell the story. And I'm sure he's tired of hearing it because I paint him in the non-athletic light, but he was playing baseball in the town. Uh, we had just moved to a new town and my parents would say that, uh, you know, he wasn't getting playing time because of, you know, town politics and stuff. But I like to draw the conclusion that he just wasn't the best athlete. <laughs> and uh, he was like 10 years old. So they were like, well, maybe we'll try an individual sport. So you want to do karate. We'll, uh, we'll send him. Mm. And if he likes it, then when you're old enough to go to school, you'll, you'll start, you know, I was like, okay, great. Mm. And, uh, 1997 that was so when i started 99 jiu-jitsu had really taken you know even though it was still very um it wasn't very mainstream you know mm -hmm. but it had caught on enough to where the instructor had started training and got his blue belt which is just the second belt that you get in jiu-jitsu but back then that was enough to teach and uh, he mm -hmm. saw the effectiveness of it and he switched the whole school over to jiu-jitsu so when i started mm -hmm. you know my parents probably would never want to put me in something as physical as jiu-jitsu like grappling and you know striking um but because they thought it was going to be traditional martial arts, like karate with more forms and katas and things like that, they were all for it. So it was, mm. there's accident number one, you know? And then uh, number two was um, through that, we met our lifelong instructor because he was teaching the man who taught us at the time, mm. John Hassett, who lived a little further away. He was about an hour and 15 minutes from us. My mom always said, if he ever comes closer, I'm, I'm going to sign you up there. Just such a great man. We need you to be around him. Mm. And like a year later, he bought his school about 15 minutes from our house. Like, well, there's weird accident number two. And then yeah. uh, from there on out, I was hooked. Now, uh, the first six to 16, I had no gold medals and nothing but participation medals. And uh, people genuinely think that was like, oh, you're saying that to make a good story. Like, no, it was awful. <laughs> like when I go home and see those guys, they laugh because they'll be like, man, like you had no business sticking with this. Like what is wrong with you? And uh, wow. yeah, just uh, I've been hooked on it ever since. I loved it. And uh, I think it was because of the people we were around too. We had really good instructors and teammates and it was great. How do you feel like that shaped you just even as a young boy, kind of into your young manhood, just having a, a consistent place where you're learning discipline and getting control of your emotions, like all those kinds of really great principles that they're teaching? Absolutely. I, I think it was huge because, um, you know, I was saying it before to somebody else. I mean, my mom were talking about this recently before my fight, we were kind of like reflecting on like how life goes full circle. And, yeah. um, you know, my instructor, John Hassett, is a great man. He's a great husband, great father. He's got four kids. Um, and, he, you know, he's a lifelong believer. And he, he's very vocal about it in the school. And as much as that could, you know, defer business sometimes, or he never cared. You know, he was very open about, he yeah. always stood his ground on what he believed in and uh, always shared it with us. And it's great because, you know, when you're a kid, I think you leave, ho leave home and, you know, it's not the cool age to listen to your parents as a, as a young man from like 10 to... 16 you're kind of 
okay, yeah, you're my dad or you're my mom. Yeah, you want me right. to do good and this and that. Um, but they did such a good job of putting me around role models where you're like, well, this isn't my dad or mom. This is my instructor. He's cool. You know, he does jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. He's cool. And uh, he was saying the same things that I would be told at home, but I didn't even realize that until later on in life, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that was just amazing of them to trust me and to be willing to give up the glory of being like, well, I'm your dad. I want to be your favorite role model. Like, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about how tough this guy is and right. how funny Mr. Hassett is. And instead, they're like, yeah, you need to go more. Okay, here, here's money for a tournament. We're paying your tuition or we're mm-hmm. driving you after work all day. And uh, so I think between my family and the people at the gym, and the other great thing was from about eight years old, I was in adult class because jiu-jitsu was not a kid's sport back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was amazing getting around those guys because now my peers are now adults and you're talking to these people and they're talking to you like your opinion's worth something, even though I'm 10 or whatever I was. And uh, I think I learned how to be an adult and a man really early on being around other adults and men and doing the same activities as them. And then having the option to really see for myself, okay, well, I want to be like this person. Maybe I don't want to be like that person. But uh, it was kind of like I would leave school where I get to be a kid and have everybody telling me what to do all the time. And then I go into this place of free will where it's really a test of what I'm being taught at home and, and by my mentors. So good, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about putting my son in. He's, he just turned nine, which I think is about that age. Where, that's great. Yeah. That age is about where like you, you start introducing them to other influential voices that you think that you respect, you know, cause dad has been saying the same thing for nine years, you know, <laughs> but when, when your instructor says something or a teacher or a coach or mentor or whatever says something it seems to just hit differently. And just, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but uh, I was just thinking, for all the parents who now have to homeschool because of all the stuff that's going on right now. Like one of the reasons we've actually been homeschooling for years. And one of the reasons we chose to homeschool was because you could kind of pick and choose who you want your kids to socialize with. And it's the exact, like we do uh, homeschool for the exact reason that you just described, like uh, putting you around other adults where you're, you kind of have to mature quickly and you have to have to learn how to have these like adult conversations, which, you know, what, for us, it was like socialization. When you put your kids in school, they're talking to a bunch of like snot-nosed other yeah, eight-year-olds, yeah. but but you can have the choice where it's like, no, I want you to go be around these adults. And anyway, I think that's a we've benefit been, that most people don't think about. We've been talking about the exact same thing with everything going on and uh, you know, with the child on the way and just thinking about, especially in 2020, being Christians and certain, you know, things are getting pushed out of the schools that were a no-brainer years yeah. ago. And now- um, I think, I think that's exactly right is getting them around like-minded people and like-minded other children that are being raised the same way. And, uh, I have quite a few friends who are doing that. Uh, yeah. and it seems to be amazing. You know, it seems to really work out. Yeah. You're in North Carolina, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, that's such a beautiful area. Has that been home for you for a long time? Uh, North Carolina for three years, South Carolina oh. before that for about, uh, six or seven years. And oh. then I was born and raised in New Jersey, so I couldn't get any more opposite, uh, oh, yeah. than where we live now. Yeah. I love the Carolinas. Beautiful. We just did a dad tired conference out in Raleigh, right? Like that was the last one we did before. Actually, I remember I was in a hotel room. A friend called me. Uh, I was about to go speak and he was like, Hey, let's get together. It seems like things might be getting weird because there's a COVID thing or, you know, it was just like, it was that week. And then that's when everything shut down. But anyway, I love the Carolinas. It's, they're beautiful. Um, how, how long, uh, how far along is your wife? You're like due soon, right? Yeah. So it's so funny because I left and I was like, I think my last thing I said was like, please hold that baby until I get back. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I got back Sunday and then, uh, Tuesday I was back training and everything. I got to wrestling practice and she called. She's like, I'm at work. I think I'm having contractions. 
Um, they're not going away. I'm going to go to the hospital. So I went and met her there. And uh, she's technically now in early labor, just meaning I get, I, again, I'm not the most <laughs> informed on the, all, how all pregnancy new. works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so apparently when they say babies come when they come, like that's not just an expression. They meant it. Cause they're like, yeah. you're in early labor. So go ahead and go home and we'll see you maybe tonight or maybe in two weeks. And I was like, wait, what? They're like, I know. Oh yeah. Babies come when they come. We can't predict this. And I was like, Oh, so early labor means nothing, but so now literally any day or any second. on the due yeah. date. Yeah. So yeah. the anticipation has been fantastic. Uh, I'm like a, you know, with our training, everything, we're so scheduled and we're so, I'm so type A of like, I want to control everything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. It's hard for me to understand something like that, but uh, luckily life has made me learn <laughs> to let go a little bit, but uh, it's, yeah, I can't wait. You said you're introvert and you said you're type A and you said your wife is extrovert. Uh, how long, <laughs> you, how long have you been married? So we have been married two and a half years okay. and together for five as of like last week. So wow. congratulations, yeah. man. So Thank tell you. tell me like where have you guys butted heads on that personality difference? I think we have a perfect yin and yang thing going. Yeah. Uh, we've never really the only time I we ever butt heads is if I'm trying to leave somewhere and I know it takes her an easy one hour to say goodbye to everybody she's gonna <laughs> say goodbye to. Yeah. Like I have no problem if somebody says like a neighbor or something, I gotta go to the gym or whatever it might be, and they're saying, you know how you doing? I have no problem saying, great, thanks. How are you? And then moving on. Right. My wife will have a full conversation and then she'll come in and be like, oh yeah, I don't know how we got to talking so long. I'm like, I do. You <laughs> yeah. add something every time. They ask you one question, but uh, she's perfect because the things that bother her never bother me and vice versa. Yeah. Like I'll never send anything back in a restaurant or, you know, complain about things. To, like I just, I'll go, I'll, I'll internalize it and sit in the car and drink the coffee they got wrong and be like, I can't believe I'm drinking this. <laughs> She'll be like, uh, excuse me, like this yeah. is not what we ordered. Speak so up for a we kind of have a perfect balance. That, that's a, it's great when you know it, like when you know those differences and you can like recognize, okay, she's totally opposite than me, but we complement each other. Yep. That's awesome. But I always say, cause my wife and I are the exact same way. We were complete opposites, but dude, that's a big gulp of water. That's a big drink. How much water <laughs> yes. do you drink a day? <laughs> oh, close to two gallons. It's uh, Holy especially cow. how hot it is right now in North Carolina. <laughs> That's amazing, man. And then yeah. I, that just sent me on so many other uh, my ADD. Kicking. How how much weight weight do you are you going to cut for like fights? Yeah, so I usually walk around around one seventy five. Okay, um, and then maybe when we get to fight week, just through diet and the, and the training camp, I'll be down to about one sixty eight, one sixty seven, and then by the time weigh in day comes, I'll be about one sixty two, and then I cut the rest in water. So I'll, I'll be water loading all week up to three gallons on Wednesday. And then one gallon Thursday, and then we sweat on Friday. And it's amazing. It's only about an hour and a half tops of sweating in the Dude. sauna, and we're all weight. It's unbelievable what the body can do when you channel it. It's wild. That is incredible. I remember Benil, because Benil missed weight on his last fight. And mm-hmm. he, was, he, he said something in the podcast like, you know, I've got, I had an hour to go, or I thought I had an hour and I could cut. I'm like, how can you cut? Bro, I've been trying to cut like a, a pound <laughs> for 10 years now. Yeah. It's I like, call it a temporary misplacement because it comes yeah. right back the second you sip on that water. It's amazing how fast it comes back on. Interesting. Uh, anyway, I got ADD sidetracked there, but Layla and I, we're, we're totally opposite. And, but one thing that I've always said is like, it's a, it is beautiful when we are walking that line really well, but the line is thin. Like it can go yeah. from like, we compliment each other to like the next minute I'm doing something that super annoys her, frustrates her and then <laughs> she, you know, vice versa. So. Uh, but I'm glad to hear you guys. It seems like you've got a good rhythm going. Uh, are you, are you, you're close to your parents. It sounds like you've mentioned them. A couple yeah, times. yeah, absolutely. You know, we went through a time when I started fighting where, uh, <laughs> that was probably the toughest time in our relationship as a child and parent, you know, 
Yeah. But um, it's hard to watch your kid pursue something A, that's so dangerous and B, yeah. that's so uncertain. You know, I yeah. always say fighting is not like, if you're a great baseball player, you pretty much know early high school, if you're going to be getting thrown into the colleges or the farm systems, and you know, you're at least going to get your education paid for fighting is like, it's merit. Yes. So it's like a sport, but it's a lot like acting where you have to wait for these big breaks that mm. may never come. So I think, mm. uh, you know, that tested us. And then it, like all the relationships in my life, it seems like fighting has caused them to get even stronger mm. because of the adversity that you always face. Yeah. And, uh, same thing is the same exact thing. Yeah. We're very, very close. Uh, and it's been, yeah, they've just been super supportive ever since. That's great. And they're still married. Mom and dad are still married. Oh, for goodness. 1982. What are we, was that, was that 38 years? 30, years? 38 years. 38, 38 years. years. And yeah. together since they're 15. Dang, so, uh, so you yeah, watched that. I had, yep. My entire life. And, uh, it's amazing too. Cause they still, they still date, you know, they still go out even mm. when we were kids. Like they always had one day a week at least. And then we always did stuff as families, but you know, it's always watching my dad get the door for everybody, you know, but especially my mother. And, uh, you know, it's funny, our, our pastor talks about it all the time when a lot of, a lot of days when uh, the past couple of years on Father's Day, he's got a good, like, you know, Father's Day sermons and stuff. But he always talked about how, um, you know, if his kids were ever disrespectful to their mother, he would say, yes, that's your mother. You need to respect her. But that's my wife. You know, yeah. um, that's kind of what I've always seen my father do, you know, is, mm. uh, and, and my mother, too, has been great to my father, but just that leader of the household role. As far as, you know, loving God first, loving your wife, and then loving your children in that order so that we can kind of, when all those things are in place, it seems like that's when life is just good. For sure, dude. That And that's so rare, bro. Like, as soon as we hang up, you need to call your dad and be like, thank you, dad. Yeah, sure. like, yeah. It's so rare, dude. Like, it's hundred percent. So, so rare. Um, but I'm glad that you'll never know that. I mean, I, I hope more and more kids will never know that perspective, you know, because that's amazing. It's uh, funny because yeah. I've seen my father... Uh, you know, he did really well for himself in life and he just works really hard. And, um, mm. some of the guys that maybe were in the same company, or I didn't know these things until later on in life. I'm like, why don't you go on vacation with the guys that go by themselves or go golfing trips or all this stuff? And, uh, and then I became a man, an adult, and especially in the mm. industry I'm in, when you see how people behave sometimes and you go, Oh, he was sacrificing a lot to keep his mm. home life intact. He was, mm. you know, sacrificing a weekend away to be with his family. And, and, and now, you know, like I say, like, you know, backdated a lot, but I'm owing a lot of thank yous for a lot, a lot earlier in life, you know? Yeah. And you for sure will even more, I assume once you become a dad and, you know, you start to step into that role more and more, what do you, what are you excited about? What are you nervous about as you are about to be in dad journey for the first time? I feel like I should be a lot more nervous. I'm not nervous at all. I'm nervous for the hospital room because yeah. I'm not great with, uh, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, professional <laughs> fighter, but, uh, with blood and like, <laughs> You know, anything like that, like uh, needles freak me out completely. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I'm just so yeah, excited. Hold on. Let's just, pause, let's just pause there for a minute, dude. Like that, that's just so funny to me. Like you don't, you don't want to get stuck with the needle, but you'll take a punch to the face. Yep. And you, you don't want to see blood, but you'll, uh, you'll be in an octagon where there's blood everywhere. It makes absolutely zero sense. No. But uh, yeah, in that department, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to just, uh, to meet this, you know, to meet this child and just, you know, it's going to have... And, and I've think, thought about this for so long is like, uh, people are always like, oh, like, I can't wait to see what features of me it has. But like, I love my wife so much. Like mm. I used to think about this all the time when we started dating and then got engaged and then, you know, so on and so forth. It was like, man, like I can't wait till we have a child. Like I can't wait to see the little mannerisms from her. Yeah. Especially now it's a little girl that yeah. she's going to get. That are just going to be so funny because my wife does so many funny, quirky things that I think are like adorable on an mm. adult. I'm like, 
imagine what a kid's doing these things. Like, I just can't wait to see the little things it gets from each of us. And, yeah. Uh, it's just going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, dude. You're, well, you're going to be a great dad. I can already tell that. And I appreciate it sounds, that. sounds like a great husband, man. Just the, even the way that, and I've heard you even in your interviews with ESPN and UFC and stuff, like the way that you really honor your wife, every chance you get is just, that's really admirable, man. I think that if, if guys like listening could pick up any of that, it just, even the, the subtle ways that you honor your wife, I mean, how, when she sees that and hears that publicly, I imagine that, uh, you know, it, it resonates and it translates into deeper ways uh, privately for you guys in your marriage. I yeah, I hope so. You know, I think that's really important. And for me, it's really important because, you know, now I found my, my team that I truly believe I'll be with for the rest of my career. But um, you got to break some eggs to, to make an omelet as far as mm. in this sport, especially you get a lot of it's not like other sports where you have coaches that are like, okay, I'm going to this college. This coach is definitely qualified or has yeah. been vetted or, you know, uh, mixed martial arts is, is a really weird, it's, you know, it's, it's an established professional sport, but we're only, uh, the sport's only as old as I am. It, it, yeah. it, you know, it's inception was 1993. So it's still relatively new. And, uh, you get a lot of people, I've been around a lot of people where, um, they were in this for the wrong reasons or maybe trying to latch on cause they saw some potential success or maybe they were doing things they shouldn't have done. And, um, so I've been through some different coaches and teams and stuff in my career. Not very many, but a few. Yeah. So the one constant has always been, and outside of my career, just in my life, but uh, the one constant has been my wife. You know, So mm-hmm. I feel like while it's so important to thank the guys that I'm training under and training with who helped me so much, I wouldn't even be, still be in the sport if it wasn't for my wife. You know, And uh, there's so many times where it's just been us and she didn't want anything from me, didn't want anything financially. I kind of mm. sat her down on our second date and told her this is what I was going to pursue and uh, saw it the entire way. You know, and I, and I think when someone blindly supports you, it's important that she gets recognition. And it's yeah. so funny. I've had coaches in the past that um, didn't like that in the same post that I'd thank them as I'd thank her as well. And uh, was like screaming at me in the gym one night that this, you know, this girl has nothing to do with your success, blah, blah, blah. And then when I finally get my big break, you know, on the contender series, I'd say more of the episode was about her than about me. So, uh, it was fantastic how they, I, I'm really glad now they kind of know that that's the direction that I want. Yeah. Anytime they mention me, I hope they'll mention my family and uh, they continue to talk about our own broadcasts and stuff. And it's really, really cool to see. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I feel like I would be really frustrated with that coach if they were, if the thing that they got <laughs> upset about was me talking about my wife too much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is she, how does she feel now? Like watching you fight? What's her, what's how, how nervous is she? I don't think terribly nervous until we walk out, you know? Mm. Um, I know this time she was upset that she couldn't be there because of a, the quarantine out there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people had their families coming out and staying in other hotels, but she's, she was like 35 weeks, 36 right. weeks, so she couldn't right. fly or anything. But, um, she's really confident in me, even though when I'm not confident in me, mm. um, I've been around the sport a lot longer. She's been around since I started fighting MMA, but I've been training and watching the sport for 20 years, you know? And, uh, I know that like the best guy doesn't always win or, Sometimes guys just have good nights. Like I'm nervous for all the variables. She's just like, hey, you work really hard. I'm very excited for you. Like <laughs> she watches, she gets super excited. She's super into it. And uh, it's really fun. Cause she, she's like, uh, we figured out how to do this thing together, you know? Yeah. So when I call her from fight week this time and I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, 164 this morning. She'll be like, wow, that's two pounds lighter than last time on this day. Like she's really got it all figured out with me. Wow. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And, uh, it's been fantastic. She, she doesn't try. Like I said, things that bother her, like, losses eat at me you know my, my yeah. pride which is something i try to kill off hmm. uh and, and not feed into you know they would eat at me for so long and uh she's like so what you go in the gym on monday like i'm like well i made half my pay she's like yeah so what we'll make more money like 
Wow. The things that bother her don't bother me. And, and it's like that perfect yin and yang. She, she gets really excited. Dude, what a gift, man. Uh, the Proverbs, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing, right? Like, yeah, amen. Uh, for those of us that have wives like that, it really is. We, we feel that deeply. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just want to take a quick minute and thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. With our ever-changing routines, there's never been a better time to learn something new, but with thousands of options available, finding the best way to learn can be challenging. That's why I recommend Blinkist. It's one of the most used apps on my phone. It's unique. It's powerful. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist gives you the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories. They condense them down into what they call Blinkist links, which you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes or less. I actually bust out a few of these books every night before bed or as I'm traveling on the plane. I've been doing a lot of traveling lately and uh, I'll just listen to a bunch of Blinks uh, or Blinkist books. And uh, that they also have podcasts now, which is really cool. And you can even do full length audiobooks. So they've got a lot of great ways that you can absorb information as a busy dad. Uh, a couple of my favorite books, uh, we've talked about this before, but John Mark Comer's been on our podcast a few times. He wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's been one of my favorite books. I highly recommend it for you as a busy dad. Uh, they have that on Blinkist. And then they also have a book called Why We Sleep, which, dude, if you are tired, uh, dad tired, this is a great book for you. Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Really fascinating stuff on sleep. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks, those are yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slash tired. Uh, dude, there's a lot of professional athletes who are Christian who aren't necessarily excited about using their platform to point people to Jesus. And it seems like every time you have a microphone in front of you, you want to make sure that people know that what's most important to you is your relationship with Jesus. Like, that's just rare too. Like, what, where, what, what's your motivation behind all that? Uh, yeah, multiple things. You know, a, a is I really my my entire life I've been a believer. You know, but. Uh, I, the path that we always took to being believers wasn't always the path that I'm on now as far as really accepting God's word mm. and looking for people that are going to explain God's word and preach God's word and preach mm. biblically, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, I was raised Catholic, so mm. a much different background. And, you know, uh, I think Benil kind of said it in his interview, he wasn't Catholic, but the kind of church that he was going to, he's like, I didn't really take much from it because... Right. I know I can only speak for Catholicism. I went to Catholic school and I'm very glad that I did because it gave me structure and, uh, you know, it did give me a relationship with Jesus. not the one that I have today, but, but still a good foundation, yeah. but it's very ritualistic. You know, sometimes you're just repeating things that were taught to you, but you don't know what you're saying because it's maybe an old English or hard to yeah. understand, or it's kind of just like a song and dance. Um, yeah. and the only, the only preaching is only about 10 minutes, you know? And, uh, Unfortunately, because of the the way that Catholic Church lines up, sometimes a lot of times it'd just be the the priests complaining that we didn't donate enough in the in the basket, you know, mm. and because uh, mm. it's attached to the school and they need funding for the school, right. uh, things like that. So, but that being said, I always felt a very strong connection uh, to Jesus. I knew Jesus as my Savior. It just wasn't taught to me the 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 good side. God's grace wasn't really taught to us. Mm. It was more taught in a fearful manner, you know, which which mm. is good because it keeps you on the straight and narrow, I suppose, but. Um, 
so then I left, you know, I left high school and uh, we, we kind of didn't really attend church anymore. And I would just say my prayers and that was it. And then uh, as I was training and I was living in Myrtle Beach, I, I never really went, I didn't really find a place to call home for church. I didn't really have any spiritual mentors. I would just kind of pray, you know, and I, and I still have my faith, but I wasn't growing. And um, one night in the gym, my buddy, we, his name's Q, uh, really nice guy, really, really supportive friend of mine, just a great guy. And uh, he looked at me in the locker room and was like, hey, like, do you ever use the Bible app? I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't know there was an app for that. Mm-hmm. And he had me download version, and we got on the same plans. And then I started diving into God's word a little bit. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like, I, this is different than anything I learned in school, you know? And then through that, uh, my coach now, John Salter, uh, came to teach a seminar at our gym and I was just blown away by the technique and the, you know, on the MMA side of things. And then I went to his page and then I ended up contacting him and going to his gym. I saw that, you know, he's a very outspoken Christian and every chance he got in the same manner, you know, uh, he would glorify God. And I saw that every time before he fights, he's taking a knee and praying while they're introducing his opponent or himself. Um, mm. and he was just such a humble human being and knew what was important, you know, and he had a very good marriage as well, has a very good marriage, uh, with his wife who are great friends of ours. So I, I started training here and I said, I knew I would be a better person being around him. I knew I'd grow closer to God. Uh, our first time hanging out together, we went to lunch and he's like, oh, I'm going to say a quick blessing. And uh, I was like, man, like this is how a confident man carries himself. Like he doesn't know what I believe in. We didn't talk about it yet, mm-hmm. but he knows that he's going to say a blessing before the meal. And if I'm going to be his friend, even if I wasn't a Christian, I'm going to bow my head and, mm-hmm. and you know, go along with it. And, uh, yeah. As we moved here, you know, we moved here with the goal of getting to the UFC or to Bellator. And, you know, it's very uncertain, especially in my weight class. There's a lot of guys all over the world trying to, you know, 155 is arguably the most stacked division in the world. Yeah. But my wife and I talked about this and something that we verbalized to each other was by going here, we are going to become better people, better Christians, better overall human beings. Mm-hmm. And even if we fail short of our goal of getting to the UFC, we will have a better life. And, uh, Sure enough, our first weekend here, they invited us to church. And uh, that was about almost three years ago now. Mm. And uh, my life changed forever that day. You know, uh, it definitely changed that first day when my buddy got me reading scripture. And then mm. walking into that church was unlike anything I'd ever seen. There, you know, it was a lot to take in. I was thinking like, oh my gosh, are they going to accept me? I, ha- I have tattoos. Oh, are they going to accept me? Mm. I'm, a MMA, I'm an MMA fighter. Oh my gosh. I Sometimes I dress like I'm from New Jersey and we're in the South and they're going to accept me like, yeah. It was so different when I walked in. It was like, oh, like everyone here just loves God. Everyone here mm. is talking about God's grace and how, yes, we all fall short. We're all missing the mark all the time, but we're saved by the grace of God and we're loved by a God who loves us, not just this God that's going to strike us down for being bad people, but yeah. this God that has paid the price for our sins. And I was never taught that. Um, mm. You know, sometimes in Catholic school, I think because they want to make us more disciplined and stuff, they use it, fear as a motivator. Yeah. And, uh, this was so different. This was where I started to make that, make that transition to going, Oh wow. Like I put a lot of stock into winning and losing some competitive, but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, obviously it's how I make my living. I want to win. I want to get, but, but that maybe it's not according to God's plan. Maybe when I walk out here tonight, my, my, the way that God is going to use me tonight is to lose and lose graciously. And I have mm-hmm. to accept that, you know, and, uh, and, and in other areas of my life as well. But uh, it was just amazing to be around people like that that are like-minded and to continue to grow. And um, it's just been amazing. And since then, uh, recently I was baptized at our church. My oh, wife cool. was as well. Awesome. Uh, we did that alongside each other, which I thought was, was amazing. That's and so uh, cool. the way that they've all embraced us and welcomed us into the church and uh, even like supporting us the other night messages from some of like the pastors and stuff. And um, 
that has meant more than anything than a lot of times having even friends in the sport because they just want us to go out there and be good representatives of what we believe in and, and yeah. to go out there and to be good people. And I was talking to my brother a little bit the other day and uh, just where we are in life once we accepted God's grace and started understanding what life was about, you know, which is my job is to be, you know, to be a good man, to make sure that I'm leading my family, mm-hmm. you know, to God and that I'm putting out a good example for my daughter and going to lead her, you know, to hopefully then have her family one day and find a man that's going to lead them in that same way. And uh, when I realized that, it seems to take some of the stress off of the things that I was worried about that are worldly, like wins and losses and fight purses and things like that. And uh, as soon as I realized that, I was like, my brother was like, man, how'd you feel the other night walking out? And I said, I felt content. I was like, I felt like I was ready to go that night if I had to, because mm-hmm. I'm right with God and I'm right with my family and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life. And uh, Amen. it's been a huge journey just thanks to those people really and leading wow. me to God. Wow, dude. That's you. I mean, there's so many things that you just said that it's <laughs> worth taking away. I mean, one, just like the, the eternal perspective that you have there, like even the fact that you're thinking about who your daughter, who's not even hasn't arrived yet, but you're thinking about her and the generations to come after her. And you're thinking that mindset, dude, like we need more guys in that frame of mind. Cause I mean, <laughs> you're, you're fighting, you're thinking about wins and losses, but um, a lot of guys are thinking about bills for this week how they're going to pay their mortgage or how they're going to keep food on the table, uh, all the jobs that they need to work or are they, what are they going to do for their career? All this stuff, like the day-to-day stressors. Um, but man, if we zoom out, like you just said, and like, and we have that eternal perspective, like what am I, what, what is the legacy I'm trying to leave here? Like, what am I actually, what, what am I investing in my kids? that's going to have impact for their kids and their kids and their kids, man. What a, that's a cool, cool Testament, bro. That was really, really encouraging, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just uh the last the last especially since the, the words you're gonna be a dad hit mm-hmm. me. You know, we that was something that we had, had really prayed for and really mm-hmm. hoped for. And uh and when it you know when it when it happened, I was like, wow, like my life's about to change and I can't wait for this. But now I gotta grow into that role, you know. I'm always trying to plan for the next phase of life, yeah. even though life's always gonna change. But yeah, yeah. um this quarantine was a time to really think about that. And there was a time in the gym where I was like getting stressed because I'm like, I got to win, get this, you know, in MMA, we, you know, we get our show money, but then when you win, you get the other half of your pay. And, uh, I was stressed about that because the bay, and then finally in this quarantine, I had the time to sit back and really reflect on what's important in life. And mm. I was like, look, like selfishly, I want to be an MMA fighter. I don't want to get cut from the UFC because it's what I love to do. But if that's not the plan, if that's not God's plan for my life, then so be it. Like, what am I going to keep clinging to something that isn't meant for me? You know, and uh, yeah. I got into this almost by accident, you know? Uh, and, and it's funny. My coach always talks about this, John Salter, you know, like I said, he's a believer. And, um, when I first moved here, my first fight here, I had changed so much and I had gotten so much better. I felt, and I went out and I fought at a local show. I was five and one. And if I went six and one, I think I would have got a shot at a bigger opportunity. And I fought the two best rounds of my entire career. And then I went out in the third round and I planted my feet. They were real heavy uh, from like adrenaline and just squeezing and, uh, I backed up and the last thing he said was move your feet. I heard that. And then I woke up, I got knocked out <laughs> and you know, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me and this and that, uh, you know, it really messed up the trajectory of my career and mm. a year from, or two, uh, yeah, a year from then we're in Las Vegas and I won my contract and he sat there and he's like, dude, he's like, that's God's hand in your life. You would have been like, that was the worst day of your life. That was the best day of your life. He's like, mm. after that, you would have got a shot you weren't ready for. And now mm. you're here to do this. Like everything happens because it's part of the plan. Like just embrace that. And uh, him telling me that has always made me keep that in mind. You know, that yeah. 
you know, type A, we always grow up trying to control everything and yeah. trying to be the, you know, the head and head honcho and be in charge of everything. But we all answer to somebody, you know, one person yeah. and uh, it's, it's his will, not ours. Well, you mentioned Benil, and that's one thing that stuck out to me uh, when I had him on the show and something sticking out to me just talking to you is your guys' uh, ability to really lay down your own will and to trust God and his sovereignty and uh, just say, I'm going to be obedient today, but ultimately God decides what's best and I'm okay with submitting to whatever he wants for that day. And I, dude, that all of us as men need that kind of attitude regardless of our profession. Um, but the UFC geek in me wants to know what it's like to be knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> What's that so, process like? That's I a weird day at, the, at work. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very, uh, it's very unique feeling waking up from that. But, uh, I saw a meme before about how, um, gosh, I forget how, I forget how they worded it, but bottom line is about, is about, like, <laughs> uh, about being, being stupid. They said in a meme and, I forget what it was, but the way I compared it was, it's the same thing as being stupid. Is <laughs> people say it's not bothersome to you; it's bothersome to the people around you. Oh yeah, it's the same thing with being knocked out, right? It's like <laughs> it's way more nerve wracking, stressful, heartbreaking for all of your friends and family who came out to see it, or mm. you know, because uh, you're asleep, you don't know it, you know. <laughs> and it's the same thing as kind of when you, when you know, people say when somebody's dumb, uh, <laughs> yeah. you don't know it, you know, you're not <laughs> right. self aware. Um, so you just kind of wake up and the referee standing over you and. The first thing I'm for me personally was, oh man, I, I didn't move my feet, did I? Uh, and then uh, we were in the back room. And they were asking me who the president was. This is 2018, and I could not remember. I, I knew, and I said it out loud. I go, it's not Obama anymore. It's 2018, and they're like, uh, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know. I had no oh, idea where I was, oh, what I was. Geez. But shortly after, it all comes back to you, and I was back in the gym on Monday, just not getting hit. Um, <laughs> but that really cured a lot for me too. Is like sometimes when you hit that rock bottom, and again, I always say if we all traded our problems in like a poker game, you'd pull yours right back. That's rock bottom yeah. for my career, not for life. But right, uh, right. that was kind of like the worst is over, you know? So then I can go out and fight freely and say, oh, I've been knocked out. It's really not that bad. Okay, I don't, one less thing to be afraid of. So um, yeah, really unique feeling, but not too bad at all in all. Dang, dude. Well, I don't want to be knocked out at my job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, one thing I think might be helpful. We have a lot of listeners who are in similar area geographically, uh, who, I'd who I'm sure would love to hear what church you're going to. I'm sure that's going to be a question when they hear like, dude, what I want to go to a grace filled church that, yeah. uh, you know, is preaching Jesus. Oh, before you answer that though, I do want to, one other thought I had, uh, was how amazing is it that God really drew you back after your upbringing by his grace and it was yep. his kindness. I, I always think about that verse that says it, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. You were really drawn back into a relationship with Jesus by his kindness and his grace, which is just, uh, that's so God's character. For anyone that's listening, that's just like, man, I can't get close to God. I'm, I'm, I don't have my life in order. It's always God's kindness that kind of woos us back to him, which is, a, I love hearing that in your story. But uh, anyway, what church are you at? Uh, so we go to Scotts Hill Baptist Church uh, okay. in Hampstead or right out in Scotts Hill. Um, and it's been fantastic. You know, just a great team of leaders there uh, who have just been so helpful in our growth. And it's amazing the, you know, when we were going to become members, we'd already been going for over two years. You know, we finally, it took, that's the other thing is like, it took a while to get back into church and yeah. going. It took a while for me to fill out the thing on the back of the, on the car <laughs> for our note taking that said, I'm new here and yeah. interested in membership about two years, you know, and when we yeah. did, 
I was like, okay, uh, you know, I still I came up Catholic. So I was like, okay, is this going to be like some hefty membership fee or where, yeah. where's the, where's going to be that one thing where they get me and I go, oh, I got to find somewhere else to go. And they're like, no, we just want to meet with you to make sure that you know, mm. you know, that you know what you're committing to when you come here, which is, you know, that you're going <laughs> to, you know, live in, in the way that, you know, and, and come here and not and make sure our expectations are on the same level of right. you're going to come to a church that preaches biblically and, you know, we're all saved by the grace of God. And yeah. that was it. There was no, there was no hidden. There's no oh, small also, print. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's just such an amazing place where, um, man, the way that they, the things they do for, for uh, the kids programs and everything has been amazing. Um, mm. But like you said, God just draws us back in sometimes is exactly it is. Um, I always say this to people is like when, when you're living the way you're not supposed to, it feels like, you know, I, I, again, I always call it God's hand. Um, it feels like life just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as you keep going away from the things you're meant to do. Yeah. And then when you finally just give in to what you're supposed to do, it seems like life just gets instrumentally uh, exponentially better, you know? And, yeah. uh, that's kind of what happened is I was lost but not doing anything that I wasn't supposed to be doing, just mm-hmm. kind of like a lost sheep out there. You know, I just hadn't found that way. And then, but maybe if I, if I say no to John Salter, when he invites me to church that day, I'm, I'm still lost, you know, and uh, mm. I've always tried to, if it's within the things we're supposed to do, as far as, you know, right and wrong, I always try to say yes to things, even when it's outside of my comfort zone, even yeah. if it means waiting two years to check the box of, Hey, I'd like to become a member. I'd watch all these people getting baptized. You know, every, every couple of weeks they'd have somebody, somebody new, Mm. Um, and I had been baptized as a baby, but that wasn't my decision, you know, and it wasn't right. by immersion. Right. So every time it would happen, I'd look at my wife and be like, gosh, I, I want to do that so bad. I just mm. don't have the, the courage to ask. And, uh, oddly enough, someone who gets up and fights in front of 20,000 people for a living, <laughs> right. getting up in front of, you know, 200 people was like terrifying. And, uh, yeah. I waited two years and I finally checked the box and we went through the membership process. And then, uh, right before the fight is when I got, I was uh, baptized. It's awesome. funny how it all played out. Yeah. I love hearing what God's doing in your life, bro. Even more in your fights and all the stuff, exciting stuff in, in the UFC, just hearing what God's doing in you, especially as he's preparing you uh, to, to lead a family and raise a baby girl now. Uh, that, that's probably the most exciting thing for me is to kind of watch that for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. It's the exact same way. And it's funny because like I said, for since I was six, I've been centered around being a competitor and doing this, yeah. you know, and uh, until this year, really, the last two years, but especially now knowing what's on the way for us with the baby and everything is like, uh, you know, it, it's been amazing to see like that pales in comparison to yeah. life, you know, t- fighting is 10 years, maybe 15 years, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, it was a big ego check for me to understand that it is just my job, you know, and, uh, it might be a cool one. It might be a good platform and that, yeah, I could be out there on top of the cage flexing and screaming and trying to get praise, but that would be so hollow and meaningless, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. I finally started to see that as, Oh, I have a job. I can use it to do hopefully a couple good things for some others and lead others hopefully to a good thing. And, uh, that's it. It's not that big of a deal anymore. I love the perspective, bro. Uh, I'll give you one piece of, uh, dad advice as you're about to jump <laughs> in. And then I want to end our time with just you encouraging the guys with whatever's on your heart, kind of final words here. But, uh, for, I always tell new dads, this is, this was, I wish somebody would have told me this when I had our first baby, but, uh, dads typically bond shoulder to shoulder, uh, where women or moms will bond face to face. So my wife could just stare at that newborn baby for hours and feel like they were just (laughs) madly in love. And I'm like, well, what do we do? Like, what are we going to do with it? You know, like, let's go do something. (laughs) 
Uh, and I loved my son. I was just, you know, I cried, I wept when he was born, but I still like, I felt like I was behind her in the bonding process. She was ahead of me. Uh, and she kept asking me throughout the whole first couple of months. She's like, do you love him? Do you love him? I'm like, of course I love him. You know, she's just like, okay, I really love him. I'm like, so do I, you know, but there's, I just felt like I was a couple of steps behind her. But what I realized for most dads, and this isn't true for everyone, but mm-hmm. there, there's a bonding that, that happens when you actually get to do some, something together. I remember the very first time my son was sitting up and I could roll a ball to him and he rolled it back. <laughs> I was just like, oh dude, like game changer. Now we're going to like do stuff together. Uh, and, and it, it just went to a whole nother level of bonding. So you may, that may be experienced. It may not, I don't know. But if it is, if you feel like you're a couple steps behind your wife, just know, I think a lot of dads feel that way. And you're just kind of waiting to like do something with your baby. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will need that at some point. Uh, yeah. especially with all the time I miss traveling and training and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm sure I'll start feeling guilty about it. Uh, yeah. And then need to go back to that advice. So that'd be really good. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Any, uh, any final words uh, for, you know, for the guy that's listening, who's just trying to figure out, man, I want to be a man of God. I, I want to put things into perspective and, and be who God's called me to be. Anything you'd want to say to that guy? Yeah, I think we just have to have the, have the courage and the, uh, you know, the humility to accept it. That that's what we're already called to do, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I think if I would have realized that a lot earlier in life, I think I'd have been a lot happier a lot earlier in life. And uh, you know, I, maybe that was my path. You know, I wasn't supposed to realize that until later in life. But yeah, um, yeah I think just accepting accepting that we're all we're all none of us are perfect. Like even getting the you asked me to come on here. You know, reading about that. Uh, you know what the podcast was about and seeing how big of an audience it had. I was like, oh, maybe I'm the wrong guy. And I was like, well, oh, if I'm gonna say what what God want me to say, then then I'm not gonna be the wrong guy. Same thing with fighting on ESPN or whatever it is. Like, I have all these convictions of being a small guy from a small town or you know, oh, that one time I, uh, maybe I told a lie or whatever it is. I'm like, oh, I'm, I can't like, uh, recently you version, I tagged them in a post, uh, when my fight was canceled, the, the verse of the day was something that really hit home with me. And I shared it and I tagged on my story and they reached out on their thing. And we're like, Hey, we'd like you to do an Instagram TV thing mm. speaking on. And I was like, Oh, I'm like not fit for this. And I, yeah. I said, yes, because yeah. it made me nervous and, and it's my calling. But, um, I think that's the thing is realizing we're all flawed. Uh, I have I have a tattoo on my arm, but First uh, Corinthians chapter first uh, chapter fifteen verses nine and ten, right? Yeah. When Paul's talking about how you know he was the worst of them all because he was mm. persecuting Christians, and even God God even used him, and God made him one of the greatest you know apostles, yeah. and yeah. how uh, you know, and he says it, it wasn't me, but the grace of God. So we all are saved by the grace of God as long as we accept Jesus, and uh, I think that as long as we accept that, then we can do what we're called to do, and. Uh, we're never, we're, we might be able to be down in a valley, but we're never out. That's a good word, bro. Uh, it, it reminds me that, uh, you know, Christians, just like non-Christians sin, we're sinful people. We do a lot of dumb stuff. Even today, I'm going to make mistakes and sin. But I think for us as followers of Jesus, it's the way we respond to sin. It's, it's saying, all right, man, I, I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm repenting often and I'm turning to Jesus often, which is what I hear you saying. Uh, dude, this was so good. Oh, I need to make a shameless plug because you brought up you version a few times. We do have a dad tired you version devotional on there. If you, <laughs> awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download it right now. I'm telling you that, but I'm also telling the dad tired audience in case they <laughs> forgot. Uh, you guys can download that. That's a totally free dad devotional. But bro, thank you, man. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. It's such an honor. I can't wait to watch you. Uh, I'm bummed that you and Benil are in the same division because I'm like, oh, yeah. crap. I hope you guys never fight each other. I mean, I won't be able to watch that, but uh, I'll watch you as you continue to climb the ranks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. 
Hey guys, hope you enjoyed today's interview with Joe Selecki. Make sure to go follow him and cheer him on at his next fight and for him as a new dad. If you want to up your game as a dad, husband, and father, make sure to join our family leadership program by going to dadtire.com forward slash lead. I'll see you guys next week.